This is Justin Lamoureux of Rainy Day Forge, and you're listening to the Work For It Podcast. Yeah, man. We've got Justin Rainy Day Forge in the house. How are you, Justin? Oh, dude, I'm smiling. You can't see it, but I am <laughs> smiling. I'm so happy to be here, man. Dude, I'm smiling just to have a Forge Side Chat alumni in the building Woo. talking to me. Man, it's so nice <laughs> to have you here. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So let's jump right into it. So, Justin, what do you have going on in the shop this week? Anything fun? Oh, fun? Hmm, <laughs> not so much fun. It's been clean up, clean up, clean up. And my mm. son's been working on a birdhouse, one that my dad made like... Uh, 30 odd years ago so he's like you know last days of summer i kind of want to rebuild this and it's like okay fine i don't get much time with him he's he's like 17 now so when he wants to work on a project with me it's it's special time so it's oh, been so nice cleaning up sawdust and trying to keep the shop clean <laughs> <laughs> yeah sawdust can definitely get away from you in i mean I've seen a little bit from your live streams, your shop. It's not a huge shop, but it's not a tiny, tiny shop. It's just kind of a happy little medium. It totally is. Yeah. It's about 16 by 18. So it's like okay. a car and a half kind of garage. And pretty comfortable. Yeah, it's pretty comfortable. I have it stacked right now. I've got it like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got the full circle around the shop pretty much that all the walls are occupied. There's tools everywhere. Um, but I could walk around. Anvils yeah. are in the center. Like it, it's super functional. I'm, I'm really happy with it. Is there anything on the horizon? Like, are you looking at possibly an addition on the shop, or maybe moving into something a little bit larger because you need it, or are you just happy with where you're at? Ah, uh, dude, I would love to add on, but the way my property is, I'd have to move a shed that I just built <laughs> mm. to be able to extend the garage so what i think i'm gonna do is actually extend my shed um just so i get like an overhang so i can keep the snow and the rain off some like materials well i mean you're up in canada so you know the snow is a very big thing for you guys up there i mean we get a tiny yes. taste of it in comparison to what you guys get but uh, you know, it's hit and miss. Like a couple years ago, there was like hardly any, and like it, like it, if it snowed, it melted, and it was mm. just like awful. But last winter was cold and harsh, oh. and it just kept dumping and dumping on us. Oh so my god! Yeah. E either way, it, it's bad. So <laughs> an overhang would be really good for me. So one of the things that you did um, with the dagger challenge, uh, just what was oh, it, boy. six months ago or so? Yeah. You weren't necessarily a part of the dagger challenge, but you're like the unofficial, you know, <laughs> what is that, like 20th person or 21st person? Because you, well, go ahead and tell tell the people what, what it is that you did that was just so intelligent. Well, okay, so I kept seeing the dagger challenge being published, Who's who's participating, who's not. And then Dennis Tyrell, he had put out like a call. If you guys wanted to participate, you have to buy this, uh, the little piece of pin material to say that, or to prove that you had made the dagger for the challenge. 
Um, so seeing that, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta join into this. This is gonna be like a way to bump the metrics on YouTube. And yeah. dude, it totally did. It totally <laughs> did. Like where I'd normally get like 200, 400 views, it, I think it went to like 10,000. Am, am I crazy thinking that? Literally, sure. <laughs> I was a part of the challenge and you got more views than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that more people don't do that because it's such a huge collaboration and it's kind of well open ended enough where like as long as you put the, you know, the challenge name somewhere in your title, you're For going sure. to get all of those all of those views that are just hyper focused in that first couple weeks. Yeah, so definitely youtube looks at those metrics right it's like yeah. seeing a spike in people watching dagger videos so it automatically fed all these other people my youtube videos suggested videos but i also went into all the videos watched them and commented on all of them as well so that there would be a trace back to my video from <laughs> all the original videos even though i wasn't like listed in like the creator videos I, I was trying to find a way in so you're walking through the forest of videos and leaving yourself a breadcrumb to have people follow back to your video man wow. it's 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 good smart. analogy yeah. yeah man there it is this first of all i want to talk about your style in your youtube video i love the like it's it's a build video but there's also some like fantastic elements to it like there's there's just so many little things that were just like <laughs> edited really well or like wasn't there one time like your eyes bugged out or something yeah totally like I, I like editing like i like sitting out and sitting and nerding out in front of my computer for like uh, i think it took i don't know how many hours it took me the full weekend to edit that video yeah. but sitting there and then you like go down the rabbit hole of youtube editing videos like there's actual people on youtube that show you how to edit and like learn the different formats uh whatever your editing software is and tips and tricks and then i was just like i don't know let's try applying that and let's try applying that and and see what happens so yeah i, I figured might as well go nuts with it because whatever <laughs> it was an interesting style it was a like it literally felt like like you'd have little moments of fever dreams where like little like there was just crazy editing in there and like things happen that I just felt like some sort of a story being told. Oh, thanks, dude. You know, it's really that, that, cool. It's really it, cool. And story is definitely something that I try to push forward with it. I know I'd sent it to Brian like a long time ago because um, he was talking about YouTube and how he was structuring his videos. And I use like a, a 6C format for my YouTube videos, which is like, oh, I don't remember what the 6Cs are, but it's like, one of them is conflict if if i had it in in front of me i'd tell you but one of them one of the c's is conflict so you got to have an element where something goes wrong and and trying to overcome that so um yeah send it's me a message to, i'll tell you it's what it hard is. to manufacture that with like for instance if you're doing a knife build and nothing goes wrong of course you know if something goes wrong it's cool drama and you have to overcome it and it becomes like this cool storyline but if nothing goes wrong like how do you manufacture well, that conflict it, you are producing video content right so sure as i'm pressing out a bill at a damascus i could like 
take a peer at it and be like, oh no, what if that doesn't forge well? And then like, okay, let's film this. Turn the camera onto my face and be like, I don't know if it's gonna forge well, man. And like, <laughs> you, you gotta, gotta play, play it game. up. Like, like yeah. we're podcasting. Uh, yeah. You gotta be extra energetic. You gotta be a yeah. little bit more dynamic than in real life. I'm I'm not this entertaining in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! What are you talking about? I, I've seen your Instagram feed. That's real life, right? No, <laughs> neither is that real life. <laughs> oh shoot, shoot. So. Your YouTube and your editing is not your first foray into making videos. Now, no. a couple a couple months back, you I don't know if I you let it slip on a live stream or something where you told me about this this um, video that is up currently on Amazon Prime, and you literally can yeah. still watch it to this day. Yeah, what was all right. What was going on with that situation? All right, so this is about seven eight years ago. I was I was I've always been big into water sports wakeboarding in particular and we received a cable park so a cable park is pretty much where someone will excavate a lake put these towers in the corner spool a cable from tower to tower hook a motor to it and it spins in, in a circle and you attach a line to it and you hang on and you you just keep wakeboarding oh interesting yeah and by this point i was like getting out of wakeboarding i was the guy who was like just a little bit too old <laughs> but still there so what do you do while well, you pick up the camera and you start filming and it's something that i've always enjoyed doing filming and taking pictures and uh, i had a buddy that made like a, a little edit and then i decided you know what? i want to make an edit as well and document a wake a summer of wakeboarding and then it boiled down to well let's do it for two summers and between those two summers i'd done a couple courses or followed a couple courses on filmmaking documentary filmmaking and one of the people that i'd i'd followed they, they make uh uh music festival documentaries they're called banger films all right uh, it's a couple brothers and they said you know what just try to do something that you think is totally impossible to do so that's what we did we went to, to like the arctic circle to go wakeboarding Whoa. so we yeah man we we jumped on a train uh we hauled our like equipment north like into the hudson bay which is like it's the arctic ocean up north <laughs> sure and uh we went wakeboarding out there edited for another winter premiered it sent it off to some film festivals and uh it did like fairly well we went up against um what is that tv show it's like uh adventure race tv show great the great um man there's there's an american version and there's a canadian version it's like the amazing race yeah, there it is. There yeah, it is. so there's the it's amazing right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I was going against the amazing race Canada, and okay. I was like, okay, yeah, okay, they're gonna win for sure. <laughs> yeah, but it was pretty sweet to be like going head to head against these guys, which yeah. was like pretty amazing. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. And what is the name of that? If in case somebody has oh. like a down couple hours and wants to watch old, you know, old yeah. Justin. <laughs> play on play on the wakeboard from what for what year was this shot and what is it called it's you about know? seven years ago seven so years ago let's say, all right yeah 2014 15 
and it's called Revolution Wake. Revolution Wake. Yeah. Wow, what a name. <laughs> I know, right? Revolution, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, still continuing with your your background in filming and doing stuff in front of the camera, mm -hmm. you've got something coming up that is super exciting. Yeah, but I want to hear a little bit about you. What uh, YouTube uh, video are you working on lately? Oh, my gosh. So... First of all, this this is an interview for you. We we don't have to talk about me if you don't want to. Come on. No, man. let's bring it to you a little bit. Let's get some sure, back and forth. Sure. Well, there's there's a couple really big videos that I've been working on with Kyle. Um, so of course, you know the fantasy challenge, working on the sword. Yeah, a lot what of really is that. I've heard it like a little bit here and there, the fantasy challenge, but I haven't like seen any official post about it really we've i mean we've posted on youtube at least i know some people have been posting a little bit about okay. their builds um so fantasy challenge is another one of these collaborations the big collaborations uh, uh, that uh dennis tyrell and ailey knives aaron lee started up and okay. um yeah it's just a bunch of us basically instead of having like the Bowie knife or the Kyoto challenge or the right. dagger where it's a style of knife that you have to kind of like keep yourself inside of the box of, you know, you've got to make the dagger. Right. It's just right. open-ended fantasy. Anything that right. you can come up with that is fantasy themed, just roll with it, go with it, you know? And you're going with of... house of the dragon, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of saw that, you know, on the horizon, there's this house of the dragon, show coming out and when yeah. i was when we found out that it was the fantasy challenge basically i had no idea what in the hell i was going to even attempt <laughs> and uh yeah it just kind of i looked and it was like okay what's fantasy coming out here around mm -hmm. you know fall time because that's when this video is going to come out and there is this new lord of the ring show and there's a new you know uh, game of thrones show right. and i was like well i'm much more of a fan of game of thrones i mean don't get me wrong i love lord of the rings but I mean, if I had to choose between a marathon of one or the other, I would go Game of Thrones all day, every day. Uh, you said it at the end of your podcast. There's, there's more boobies in it. So. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Brian said that. Oh, Not sure. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. But, yeah, so I've, I've just been working on that. I've, you know, I had, you know, like you were saying with the with the video building, you have to have some conflict and some, you know, things you have to hurdle over. I had a little. I had a lot of conflict with the fact that I heat treated it and I took a pretty large warp, oh. and like fixing that warp. And you know, one thing I learned is when you when you're grinding on a big long sword, if you just grind bevels, you know that will that is enough to bend that knife in that direction. It can for sure. If there's well, like tension in the blade, it'll it'll start to sweep over to the side. Yeah, well, I got that a lot. There must be a lot of tension in this blade. Yeah. <laughs> Because like as I was grinding it, it it felt like I was I was grinding on a snake because it was like slithering oh, back and forth on me. That is so frustrating. I was working on a few filleting knives, and the same thing was happening to me. It yeah. was like, yeah, you shake your head on those days, and you're like, why? Why am I doing well, that? Well, <laughs> I I took it to my advantage because I I was be able to work out the warp. It it was warped. I mean. At the worst of it, it was probably close to like seven or ten percent of a warp, like or degrees of a warp. Like it was, Ooh. it was massive. But I was once I figured out, okay, you grind on this side and it bends in this direction. I was able to bring that down to there. It's laser straight now. Oh wow, awesome! Yeah, so oh, that's I mean, great. 
luckily i was able to tailor, switch it over to you know fixing the problem instead of making more of a problem yeah definitely but yeah that it's you know it's crazy so are you going to do some sort of a you know third or the what would it be 21st man or 26th man on the fantasy <laughs> challenge as well or is he, oh are you gonna God. do it again I when like is it due october 15th you've got some time you got oh, about a month i do i do uh i don't know brian i'm overloaded right now <laughs> i i say i'm overloaded but it's like i i need to focus on this one project and you're asking me about that and that's my fire and slice project so it's a it's a film project and it's due at the end of november so end of november big i mean this is kind of a large thing because isn't it going to be on like national television up in canada yes yeah exactly that's insane i know i know well and, and it actually goes back to this revolution wake film right so when i was working on it I was going to different conferences and pitching my idea and just like just rubbing elbows with different people. And um, when I was working or recording the Forgeside chat with Lando Novak, uh, we were talking about doing like a tour. It would be so cool if we went from shop to shop and recorded and got like those stories face to face from these artists, these blacksmiths. And we did kind of like a, a video about Eastern Canada, another one Western Canada. Canada. So I, I pitched this idea to, um, like it's public programming executive here, um, micro budget stuff, but whatever. I'll take a micro budget at this point. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, I like that idea, but that's, that's way too large of scope. So come back with another idea. So it boiled down to um, making a three-part series 15 minute episodes um, about the people that order custom knives. So mm. I had to reach out. Yeah, yeah. So again, going more towards the story based, right? So, and that's more fit for television. And I think the YouTube stuff that I do is more story based instead of like tutorials, which I, I know is a reason why my YouTube isn't as successful, but I, I, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's for my own pleasure at this point. Yeah. Um but kickoff is it's it's going to work well for this format. So yeah, it's three three knives for three people that have interesting stories and package it up in 15 minutes and uh, make it look pretty. Is there any way that people like me down in the states are going to be able to watch this because I am going to really want to like dive into it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna have it as a hidden link on YouTube, so I'll be nice. able to just share it like that. <laughs> yeah, like I can't publish it out there, and I could like retract that link, I suppose. Oh, um, so we're yeah. just kind of skirting the law a little bit. Well. It's not an open <laughs> published format, which would be against the, well, my contract. And, and like the contract, I believe it lasts, I think it's five, is it five weeks or five months. I really need to look oh. it up again. So it's, it's super short and then yeah. I could do whatever I want with it, which is amazing. Oh, well, just, just talk about it a bunch and then just make people wait wait the, wait the five weeks or five months and then you can post it you know? yeah I, I could do it that way and and There's but no even sense then i don't the know rules. if i want to post it right because then what? well i guess i could but i don't know i need to be strategic right i've got yeah. this this amazing resource that i can 
throw out into different places. Like, sure, sure. It's a it's a really high like it's a stepping stone for you. Like it's it's a exactly. resource where you could, you know, if everything goes well, it could lead to another big project or you know, in, instead of who knows you can micro speculate budget. on way things could go micro yeah. budget is fun though i mean that's that's all of youtube except for like the top one percent i mean micro budget is where it's at right now and it seems like Truly. people are wanting to consume the content content from micro budgets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah man for sure but yeah so there's no sense in poking that bear if you can have it out there in like five weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> not Maybe. to tell you what to do but just, just send me a message i'll get you the link <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, wink, wink, nod, nod, right? Totally. So you've got even more on your plate being the president of the Manitoba Blacksmith Society. Like what you've got, I know we were talking beforehand that you've got stuff going on with that. So what, tell us the, the genesis, how in the world did you end up as the president? All right. Uh, sorry, I keep hitting my mic here. Um, so let's go back pre COVID by a few years and Wait, that still exists? What, yeah. Like Pre-COVID? <laughs> it does. It does, Brian. Um, there was, in, in Winnipeg, there's Cloverdale Forge. They're like the the big guys. They've been around for the longest. They've got the the big the big shop with the most equipment, yada, yada, right. yada. And they were having a 365 hooks display at the Manitoba Arts Council, I believe. Interesting. And, yeah, so uh the owner there had made a hook per day um for one year and he had them all on display and he was doing a talk about it so i showed up there and met linden so lando novak fortside chat i walk into this guy and i'm like he's like it's me lando lando and i'm like or no he's linden 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 i'm like i don't know a linden he's like it's lando and i'm like oh lando because we were chatting online like fairly regularly about blacksmithing but i'd never met the guy and i told him that we were the only province in canada that did not have a guild or an association for blacksmithing i was like what (laughs) we need to do something about this (laughs) so we upstarted it we got together we got organized we reached out to some active members who were chatting about this there was some guys in brandon which is uh our second largest city in the province it's a few hours away they were kind of talking about the same thing as at the same time as we were so we all got together decided to uh form this guild and um yeah so linden was president at first i was vice president and we had a few members that that have left the executive um and have subsequently been replaced but yeah that's like 2019 i believe okay yeah and now we've got um we've put on what we call man iron so manitoba iron to reflect um can iron which is our large national event and it goes opposite years of the big Havana conference so yeah that's that's the play that we do in in canada so we started man iron we had an event where we had 50 guys come out um it was good it was great like we had some people from saskatchewan drive out to help us out since it was our first event and yeah well saskatchewan's like yeah you're driving a six seven hour drive probably so sure sure. a ways away yeah 
and uh, now we've got another event coming up in October the fifteenth, and that's our our Man Iron event as well, and we're doing a uh, hammer in with a demo on making Damascus. Whoa! Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we try to mix it up between like ornament ornamental more like blacksmithing techniques sure and this time we're going towards uh, the forge welding more for knife making so what what pushed you in the direction of wanting to go with damascus like there's there's so many things that you could teach at a blacksmithing conference like that what was what was the push towards damascus uh we have access to a power hammer at this event nice and a press as well i believe um, so one of the one of our members has a nice shop. He's well kitted, has the space to host us all, and we were offered um, a guy named Jordan Mahara of his his Instagram's Fire Earth Forge, and he said he would uh, do a demo on Damascus, and we're like, sure. Yeah, well, who's gonna <laughs> that turn sounds that out? Good. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Who's going to turn down? Be like, hey, you know, you can come into our shop and, you know, have a bunch of guys over and make Damascus. Who is ever going to turn that opportunity down? Well, exactly. And, like, I've dabbled a little bit in Damascus, but I'm far from, like, I'm, I'm at, like, a grade two level or grade three. I want to <laughs> be grade five by the end of October would be great. So There you go. There yeah. you go. This, this should help. Yeah, and all of our steel is coming from one of your sponsors. Drum roll. Drum roll. Lawrence Lake at Maritime Knife Supply. So Maritime uh, Knife Supply, baby. Yeah. Maritime Knife Supply is fantastic. You, we don't necessarily shout them out on this show enough. We, I should definitely shout them out more. Great well, I guy. lobbed it in for you there. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Good job. But, yeah, Lawrence Lake up at Maritime Knife Supply. Great guy. Great service super quick shipping and everything that you would need to make knives he's got on hand or will find it for you because he's just handy like that he's that type of a guy Dude, check out no maritime kidding. knife supply up in canada take take a, uh, advantage of the u.s to canadian you know exchange rate get your stuff for cheap i mean what more could you ever want sorry add read over <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah there we go so there he, we go. he's getting me a price on damascus to make a billet and we're going to have like your intro price of like $20 for the day to come in and watch and learn. But if you want to buy the steel, then it'll be uh, a, a more expensive ticket, but the steel will be there ready for you. So kind of nice. kind of get things. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, when people come to these events, we want it to be a positive experience and to have the equipment there ready for people. So being in, new guild or association we're trying to we're trying to figure that stuff out and since we're kind of new we're, we're trying stuff right so yeah so uh, yeah man i'm i'm super interested to see how this goes like logistically because when i went up to um up to mackinac just to make damascus up at um chad osborne's shop right and I, we had we had a press we had a, one of those rolling mills and it was really cool but it's it took like all day just to make one billet so having mm. so many people in the shop how in the world are you are you gonna like okay now you get your heat now you get your heat and it's just like you know 
it well, seems like it seems like it's going to be more of a dance than it is anything else. It's going to be a dance for sure, definitely. And I don't expect there to be more than like six or ten guys that are going to be wanting to make a billet. But we have he has he has a eighty kilogram Anyang, so oh. I think it'll do fairly quick work out of it. <laughs> and we're hoping that we'll be able to actually demonstrate like a ladder pattern Damascus, the raindrop pattern Damascus, and maybe some crushed W's or something like that. Um, so that people can, can kind of not just learn how to do it, but also like go a little bit further and like start revealing those patterns. Super interesting. Now, you know, to put together this type of a thing, it, it doesn't just like, pull it's it doesn't just fall together on its own you had to have done quite a bit of work to like you know hey let me go talk to this person let me see what what's what can be done at this place you had to put in some legwork to make this happen so what what type of stuff like how much legwork did you have to put into you know making a big thing like this come together uh so far nothing <laughs> really <laughs> come on i thought i had a good question dude there. i'm the president <laughs> i tell people what to do okay you're a delegator no. okay. yeah I, I delegated this one um i i i explained to the team that i was i was feeling really overwhelmed with this video project and that if if there was going to be an event to happen they had to kind of figure it out for themselves i'm working on the event right i like doing the graphic design so i designed the poster sure. for it but as far as like actual legwork and going to the guy's shop and finding the the demonstrator that was done by the by the guild member uh, executive themselves so it's, it's good when you've got a good team like that I feel like they need a shout out. Shout them out. Give give us some uh, Instagram handles so people can follow them. Yeah. So there's Derek Foster. He is. Oh my God. You're Put putting you on me the on spot. the spot. Sorry, you have to yeah. remember their names. Is it Oak, Oak and Embers <laughs> um, on Instagram? That might be Andrew Paquette, though. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Both great guys from Brandon. Uh, we have Chris Spielak. He's artfully crooked. He's VP Winnipeg. Um, he actually, he was interviewed on Forgesight Chat a while back. Um, he's got some really cool projects that he's done and another uh, down the pipe that he's working for, uh, like the Parliament Building here in, in Winnipeg. Interesting. Um, who am I missing? Oh, my beautiful wife. So Rachel's our secretary. She uh, She takes notes during the meetings and make sure nice. that i'm doing what i should be doing <laughs> very nice very nice she's the real president <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness so let's go ahead and change gears a little bit let's yeah. turn that clock back so what was oh, it boy. at the very beginning like let's let's go back to when you first way made back. something way back yeah Let's talk about what it is that turned. Is there an event in your life or your childhood that like turned on that maker switch that was like, oh my gosh, I need to like, I made this one make project things. and all of a sudden I had to make things. Oh man, I you know I think it probably stems back to drawing. I I always loved picking up the pencil and and drawing as a kid. Um, all right. I also lived in the country, like we're in the forest, we're in the bush, and 
I had free reign on the my dad's tools. It was like, you want to go cut down a tree? All right, have fun. Go go cut down a tree. <laughs> Just nice. Go further back in the bush, not against the yard. Um, so I was always out making forts. I don't know, tying nice. ropes, trying to make traps and all that stuff. Um, but my dad was also a rail worker. He worked for CN. Okay. And maybe part of it comes from him. He had, we were playing with like these Lego blocks, Tinker Toys, actually. Okay. And uh, he came up with like this invention that he eventually sold to CN. Uh, that's the, the, the rail the rail company that he was working for okay so he went through the process of like patenting it and doing the like the manufacture not the manufacturing but like the prototype of it and uh learning how to weld showing me how to weld a little bit as well so it's 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 always been there like it's in the family i have cousins okay. that are artists i have um my, my dad's a wood carver my mom used to do like stained glass work and yeah i don't know it, and then i worked for lund boats when i finished school so i was working in the prototype department there in steinbach manitoba and uh i was part of the team that would make all the components out of aluminum to be able to send a boat down the line so all the patterns that needed to be done so it's interesting that. <laughs> so that kind of turned that really worked on your you know manufacturing side of your brain where it's like you you can't just think oh i want to make a boat what just make the boat you have to mm -hmm. think about the tools and the processes that will make it easier to make that boat quicker definitely definitely interesting yeah interesting so i worked there for a few years and decided to go to university i had some people there that were like well, dude you're 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 smarter than some of these guys. What the hell are you doing here making like just above minimum wage? Like go to school, go to university, go hang out for five years and get a degree. <laughs> and I was like, one year I didn't get a raise because <laughs> it just happened to be like the annual raises where everyone got a raise. And it was like everyone between two years and five years, you don't get a raise. And I was like, Ooh. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I'm going to school. Yeah. So sold my sold my Mustang, which I was like in love with, and I was like, whatever, sacrifice, invest in myself, and uh, so I was went to university for like six years. Sure. Where did you go to school? Uh, local university, University of Manitoba, and University of Saint Boniface, which is the French uh, university here. And what specifically did you what 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 classes did you take or what was your major? Okay, well, actually, I never thought about this, but it it I guess it goes back to knife making a, a little what? bit. Yeah, <laughs> I um, was just grasping at straws. Come uh, on, man, how does truly, this come back? Truly, truly, I I've never really <laughs> reflected upon it, but Justin yeah, like. Lamaru, he he was a knife making you know prodigy at, from <laughs> he was a knife making. Um, goodness oh continue sorry i'm interrupting <laughs> no worries <laughs> um yeah so i studied history and i liked roman history so i kind of soaked up as much of that as i could and south american history 
and geography so then i was like what do i do now so i studied education so i got my my arts degree which i i had started with engineering with the like the boat stuff and like okay i liked i, I thought i liked math and i just got and then you took some and then you took some engineering classes and realized <laughs> well <laughs> yes yes and more the fact that as an elective i had taken a history course and i was like damn all this is is like this lady stands in front of the class and tells us stories <laughs> like, <laughs> and this is great i like this yeah so i just went down that route and i i knew i loved teaching i loved kids and my like little cousins we always had like a good bond so i went down that route pursued it my mom worked in a school when i was younger um my wife is a teacher as well. My sister's a teacher. My brother-in-law is a teacher. All of my sisters' brothers, brothers and sisters are teachers. So it like I was in the mix, right? So so it sounds like your family is a bunch of artists and teachers. Totally, yeah. Okay, totally. And that is that is still currently your day job, correct? No. What? I, I thought you were still a teacher. No, no, no. I stopped. I did not do a day of teaching last year. Why did I have – oh, last year. Okay. Yeah, last year I did not teach. Prior to that, though, I was working like – I did work full-time one year. I worked half-time. I did some subbing and picked up some contracts. You know, w with my French background, and we have a lot of, of immersion schools and French schools in Winnipeg, I could make a call tomorrow and be like – and like – and that's the wonderful part of having this education. I can get a job tomorrow if I wanted to. So. Sure. If everything went belly up, you can go right back into that classroom. Not that, you know, you, you don't not want anything to go there. belly up. Right. I'm not <laughs> rushing there. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, I loved it. It was great. Um, the COVID thing really put a damper on, on teaching and, like, the bonding that you can have within, like, the school with other teachers and stuff like that. It just created, sure. like segments within well i guess we see it in our in our society around us now too where it's it's more segmented and i don't know the bonding didn't happen i didn't feel inspired the last few years and i was like mm. i could inspire myself i listen to awesome podcasts like the work for podcast hey now hey and now. uh I, I can be inspired in my class in my shop you know having that that teaching pull is something that the two of us have in common mm. because when I, when I went to central for way too many damn years uh, uh -huh. to walk away without a degree, oh, no. <laughs> it was originally for elementary school teaching. Oh, and no way. Yeah. I was, I went in because my senior year of high school, I was able to shadow a teacher for a really good portion of the year. Oh, and neat. basically I, I would, you know, about an hour, I would go over there and, and sit in the classroom and like, basically I ran recess, which is right. like the perfect, if, if you like kids at all, you know, that is like <laughs> the perfect, you know, situation. So I thought going into school, I'm going to be a teacher. I love this. Yeah. And I did a first couple of semesters and everything was going well. And then, you know, it got me in front of, you know, kind of a fake classroom that they have at Central and. You know, I it just wasn't for me. I, I made the realization about three and a half years in yeah. that, uh, hey, I'm three and a half years into a degree to teach, and I don't want to teach. <laughs> uh, so oh well. you know, well, but but Life the lessons. pull, 
the pull towards wanting to teach and wanting to make the difference in people's lives, you know, it's, it's something that the two of us have in common. So, you know, tell us about you know, some sort of uh, a situation where you had in, in the classroom or if, if something along those lines, if you saw like a light bulb, you know, flash in someone's mind, is, is there something that jumps out to you or is like, oh my gosh, this is the, the best teaching moment ever? Uh, there's, yeah, there's, a, you know, I've, I try to do interesting projects, right? Sure. I know I, I did not like being a student <laughs> in <laughs> class. I found it so boring. So sure. I, I really tried to make my classroom entertaining, had like a maker space and like I had a, an aquarium with a, uh, aquaponics growing on top of it. Like I really tried to stimulate these kids and do fun things. Um, the last contract that I did, we built airplanes um, out of styrofoam and okay. we built like this launcher so that they could launch their planes in a like consistent way. So we okay. learned like all these things about like science and like, and it like just going outside and doing that with the kids and they're running to measure how far their planes went or their wings blow off because <laughs> there's just too much pressure and they built it sure. too too light like there's like millions of opportunities to like give these kids joy and and stimulate them um but in the last year i've received a few messages over instagram hey are you justin lamrude and i'm like yeah it's me and uh, oh, I was in your class back in grade Aww. five. I'm like, yeah, Tara, I remember you. Or hey, Zach, <laughs> I remember you. And like, uh, that shit brings you to tears. It's just yeah. like when they tell you that you've had a, a positive experience and they still remember like, oh, like 10 years ago, 12 years ago when you, you taught them. And it's, uh, yeah, that that's the kind of stuff that I was like, eh, maybe I should go back to the classroom, but. Man, Dude. it's you you seem like the type of guy that would be that positive influence for people though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes compliments so well. <laughs> no, it's it's cuz it it does like I feel the pull towards it. Yeah. I yeah, definitely sure. do. And and that's what I enjoyed about podcasting too, like all these interactions and connections and 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 chatting and like getting people to reveal things about their their history and their stories and you're kind of doing the same thing in the classroom you're, you're getting these kids to to open up and then pushing them to learn right right if right. they haven't opened up and they haven't shared then they're not going to really take advice from a stranger sure so, sure i get yeah. that for sure so switching gears again Tell us about the very first knife that you finished. First knife I finished was after going to an auction, buying a small 50-pound anvil for, I think, 50 bucks. Whoa! And, How yeah. did you pull that off? Did you rival them <laughs> blind or something? It was an auction, man. You get Damn. lucky on auctions. Um, so got this little anvil, bolted it to a stump. I had picked up some they weren't fire bricks so they weren't fire rated but they were chimney bricks and i ran this forge with crumbling bricks slowly getting smaller and smaller i'd made the whole thing myself 
before we go on too far, give me Yo. a frame of reference. How long ago was this? How old were you? Let's say seven years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Seven. So years you're ago. an adult. It wasn't yeah, like you know this, this twelve year old in the back of the woods. You oh know, you, no. You just chopped down a tree. You've, you've you're in your fort that you built yourself, and now you're right. making a knife. Oh no, that would have been. I I've dreamt of doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> I just didn't realize how, like easy it was obtainable like, for sure attainable like it really for myself it was the forge and fire i saw that first or second episode and i was like okay these guys can do it i can do that too like i have access sure. to the internet i can figure this out and yeah so my forge was crumbling i had gotten like a bunch of like i don't know what they were pins they were probably like 52 100 like bearing or 5160 or, or something similar to it and okay. you know it it turned out not too bad it was on a 4 by 36 that i used to grind i had i have a little bit of woodwork experience and i've always worked with my hands so I, i'm happy with it it was a segmented handle <laughs> whoa for a first knife that's incredible yeah yeah thank you is there a picture of it anywhere? I feel like I want to like go I, way I, back in your feed and find it. I bet you it's on my Instagram. So at oh Rainy gosh. Day Forge, yeah, it's there. Rainy Day Forge. That you know, most people like like myself, you put your name and put in knives or uh, blades or you know, tool knife and tool. Right. What brought you to Rainy Day Forge? Um, I think multiple reasons. First reason being a teacher, I was like, I don't really want my name in there. Making knives. Oh it's yeah, not I really got, the same kind of. Uh, I don't know, just to separate myself from it a little bit, maybe. Sure. Um, why rainy day? Uh, two reasons. One, I I'm in the city. I was blacksmithing when it was raining, so I wouldn't upset my neighbors. I thought, oh, all the noise <laughs> that I make, it's gonna piss them off. Uh, five six years goes by and i'm like oh, i've been blacksmithing for this many years and they're like we've never heard you ever whoa what <laughs> yeah. are they deaf yeah i guess so well yeah one's old and quite deaf actually okay <laughs> actually and he worked for uh henkel in germany oh okay yeah which is a big knife company right right i was i was recently unloading a 25 pound little giant out of my truck like three weeks ago and he came over and because he's a snoopy old man <laughs> he <laughs> likes to know what everything is going on in the town sure. and he uh, he walked over and he's like what are you doing i'm like oh I'm, i bought this equipment for my shop he's like i know what that is i used to make nails and i used to work for henkel in germany i was like what <laughs> <laughs> he's like D you need a forge to use that and i was like yeah i've got one he's like really oh. <laughs> so now he's gonna be in your shop all the time i you know it, it would be great to have him over it would. Aww. yeah I yeah, feel he's... like that's I feel like that's a really good video opportunity where you have him over and just like walk through building a knife with him and like get his story about you know old times in germany working for Henkel. maybe the second part where i just talked to him but making a knife okay. in front of him he's he's old oh okay <laughs> yeah like see he's i was in, i was like envisioning upper you know, 80s yeah oh okay well i mean he can hold the tongs he, he can he can do something come on yeah now. yeah uh, Give him a chance. <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> oh shoot man 
Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. For sure, for sure. So what's next is what's the next big project? Obviously you have the fire and slice and that's taking up, I imagine, all of your free time. Yeah. Is there anything like is there anything over the horizon that you're excited to get to work on? Hmm. Not especially, Brian. I just want to get through this project. I've like focused on this and I've like not set any goals past it. So I just want okay. to get through this project and then strategize about what I'm going to do with the content afterwards. Like what opportunities can this lead to and try to fish those out. Um, opportunities, it's going to be broadcasted Eastern Canada so it's pretty much a huge commercial for myself so i'm expecting some uh some business from it okay right, right. um but other than that like not i, I just want to make some knives man honestly yeah. i just want to like sell make some money i need to figure <laughs> out like how to make this more of a legitimate business because the last year's been a struggle like i worked sure. i worked full-time as a teacher for a year saved up as much as i could to like get a runway so the next year would work and then this project kind of fell on my lap and i was like all right we got a little bit more runway let's keep going so hopefully well, this extends you, it more <laughs> you took a really interesting like going with that frame frame of reference having pretty much a year's worth of you know being able to do whatever you want yeah. instead of just you know putting your head down and making knives for customers you saw a big opportunity to get your name out there literally nationally in mm -hmm. Canada and you you took that opportunity you you you're you're it's a big gamble it is you know you're rolling the dice on yeah, this man. thing but <laughs> i mean that is how you explode in popularity is making those gambles and doing those things that most people would be like oh well instead of doing that let's go ahead and work hard and you know take this one year and turn it into two years worth mm -hmm. of runway and but you know, maybe someday I'll do something like that and then it never happens you know in, in that sense of working hard though like I, I see people that just nose to the grindstone right and just go sure. for it and their shop is turded up and it, it's like not functional I wanted a functional space I I could use another grinder that's for damn sure but hey other Brian than that, you know where to send it right I know <laughs> <laughs> um other than that like i'm pretty well kitted out now i just need to produce so sure. i've i've spent the last year two years getting set up and trying to like get a good flow in there so i'm there i'm ready to work and uh make some blades there you go for anybody that's listening you you are a full custom type guy you know you you correct correct me if i'm wrong but it seems as if you take customs and you you know you pretty much make whatever people not whatever people want but your style on whatever people yeah. are, are looking for and yes i i do want to do more production style knives okay just because like financially i think it's more lucrative like it's more sustainable to like make a run of five knives ten knives 20 knives and and like pump them out but at the same time those custom knives are a challenge right there's something different in each knife that is going to yeah. be trying and testing and and i like that i like that challenge of like making the one knife that's kind of difficult maybe sure. too difficult but i'm 
I'm going to soak in more hours than I should into it, but I'm leveling up in skill and probably have to go buy a couple extra little tools to figure it out. Sure, sure. And, you know, by the time you spend all that extra money, your return on investment is, you know, relatively low unless you look at it as a teaching opportunity. To kind of get into, you know, a 10-year type, you know, outlook on things. I guess the way that I've been looking at things is, you know, for the first five to 10 years, the best way to get better quicker is by taking complete customs. So like you said, you you learn, you take your hard knocks, you you learn on things that you didn't know how to do before, but every Mm -hmm. single time you find these little teaching opportunities. And then after you get done, and once you feel like you're a competent knife maker, that's when you turn to you know, doing production and making what you want to make and you'll have the customers that'll that'll want for them, which yeah. I feel like you shouldn't be too far off because your fit and finish is ridiculously high end. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I mean, I'm looking at your Instagram right here and just, I mean, your most recent knife, it, it looks like what, maybe a three and a half to four inch, you know, drop point Skinner type situation. Yeah. And like these these close-ups on the bolster area, it's just so smooth and well finished and it's 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 truly phenomenal. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I try, man. <laughs> I, I take my time. I take my time. Um sometimes I hate myself for it and my body hates me for it, but I I don't know, man. I I like creating, I like making, I like pushing myself. And, uh, and those are the results of it. Yeah, man. So let's, let's look into the future. So Justin Laramieu in a few years has gone to complete, um, production style. What are, let's say five knives. If you only could make five knives, let's, let's broaden that out. Let's say 10 knives. What are those styles? Oh, maybe we should just keep it to five. We'll we'll keep it as a discussion then. If we keep it to 10, then that's too many to get through on the podcast. Let's say five knives. What are the only five knives that you can make over and over and over again? Tell us about those five. All right. So I I definitely want to push towards culinary. Everyone's cooking. Everyone's in the kitchen. Um, I like the kind of like the Japanese influence ones. The lines are so nice. Yes, I agree. The curves in them. They really speak to me. Um, so I definitely want to experiment with like creating my own style. Like I've got a, uh, a, a cleaver. Uh, what is the, I'm terrible with, with remembering names of different things, but, uh, I don't want to say Scandinavian cleaver. What's the you cleaver? Did a, you did a Serbian chef knife. Yeah. Like there you go. Thanks man. <laughs> it was, I swear to you, you did a Kydex sheath for it and it looked like a beaver tail. Nice. I love that. It's the Thank Canadian you. influence with the beaver tail. I feel like you just needs it. to turn into it. <laughs> so, Not to tell you what to name things, but damn, that's that's an opportunity right there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that that knife I call it the Beaver Creek. Oh, right? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Yeah, so all my knives are kind of named after like lakes and rivers that are around me. I love canoeing and camping and getting out into the woods. So like. You're asking what knives I like. Well, definitely some like some camp craft knives. Um, I like the, I love fishing. Filleting knife would be great to have. Um, and then some culinary. Not, nothing specific, but that uh, 
the Serbian chef knife is one that has been doing quite well and I'm really fond of the design that I've come up with so it's it's coming up with my own designs I've got a Santoku inspired knife that I want to make my wife as soon as I guess these projects are over and mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah so what, what about yourself well no let's let's go down on <laughs> let's talk about this this Serbian chef knife that you've done because okay that was that was a huge fad that kind of took the knife making by storm and then it seems to kind of dropped off a little bit mm -hmm. and most Serbian chef knives literally look not to take this straight from Jeff Fader's mouth but it looks like a sharpened shovel. It just yeah, looks like, like it's not very well. Like it, it's just not a. I don't know. It's not a pleasing look to most of them. Mm -hmm. Where yours, it honestly looks like a short but tall K-tip chef knife. It does a little bit, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's I, definitely I love that the inspiration fact, in there. I love the fact that you are able to take, you know, a Serbian chef knife, which was kind of a fad and kind of looks really ugly, and you are able able to class that thing up. Yeah, thanks, dude. I uh, like part of my background as well as like graphic design. I'd worked on a project with a good friend of mine, Daniel Clement. He uh, he we had started working on building a cable park here in Winnipeg um, before the one that arrived actually arrived and uh he was doing all of the graphic design and I'd, I'd sit there and just like soak up what he was doing and part of what I do now for like my business and the Manitoba Blacksmith Guild is graphic design and a lot of that is just playing with lines and seeing what curves are pleasing and a lot of that translates to knives like sure a lot <laughs> Sure, sure. So, yeah. So taking a design and kind of blending it into another, definitely uh, something something doable. I like that. I it, it takes an artist outlook to be able to, you know, make that happen. So, and of course, of course, that's what Justin Lamaru is doing. Lamaru? <laughs> did I say that right? Lamaru. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, you got cool, it. Cool, cool. Well, shoot, man. I really appreciate you sitting down uh, with me on this podcast uh, let let the people know where can people find you right now you can find me over at rainy day forge on youtube facebook instagram tiktok and on instagram on top of that for fire slice tv yeah man i'm so excited to see this fire slice that thing is i'm soup i'm so excited to see what you're making with that situation Excellent. thank you thank but you yeah guys Thank you all for listening. Um, again, Justin Lemaru at Rainy Day Forge. Go check him out at all the social medias. He's a great guy, high-level stuff, and definitely someone you should definitely get on his books. You're too kind, yeah, Brian. Yeah, man. You're a great Thank dude. <laughs> I appreciate it. I've you. messaged you in the past looking for advice, and you sat down, you helped me out, and I appreciate that. Now I'm on the show. Love it. Anytime. I love it. You guys Anytime. are great. Thank you guys all for listening. Have a great rest of your day and work for it, guys.